0: simply call this the knowledge of God the knowledge of God if you look in the book of Hebrews chapter I mean Hosea chapter number 6 the book of Hosea chapter number 6 I'm reading from verse 5 to number 7 Hosea chapter number 6 5 to 7 the Bible says, Therefore have I hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the works of my mouth. And their judgments are as the light that goeth forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than the burnt offerings they like men have transgressed a covenant they have debt treacherously against me hallelujah now if you look at the verse number 5 in hosea eh? he's saying I have hewn them who are the them he's talking about his own people i made that to understand that trouble is going to come doom is going to come tribulation will come. And so I sent a prophet to go warn them. The words may look harsh or should have looked very harsh but I spoke to turn them away from the destruction that will come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But instead of trying to get out of that which they are in the Bible makes need to understand they say They never turned away from the way they were going despite the fact that God was warning them continually. And instead of really doing what God wants, they were more interested in offering sacrifices to God. Verse number six. He said, For I desire mercy and not sacrifices and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Man is always interested in trying to please God by religiously doing so many things. Because that is not what interests me. That is not what pulls me. My desire for my people is mercy. Hallelujah. Are you there? And the knowledge of me. Because if you know me, you will offer the right sacrifices and not religiously stop your religious game and find God amen you see people they go to church, they do all that they try to do, you know, very active if you will but they don't know God, now this knowledge of God is not about the education about God, I'm not talking about teaching you about God or knowing certain scriptures about God no, not knowing the names of God you want to pray, you quote seven names of God that is not the knowledge of God what he's talking about here Is the experimental And experiential knowledge Of God in your life As a person And that's what Pastor Maxwell Was talking about Where what you are supposed to be Is not what you say But the life you live He's saying I'm not interested In your religious activities I really want you to experience me As a person Amen and then show love to other people. He said, when you do this, you will attract my presence. So, get away with your sacrifices, get away with your burnt offerings, and come to know me as a person. Come to experience me as a person. I still face these challenges and difficulties, let me put it that way. He's speaking to so many people. Because you find that 80% of what we call Christianity today, They still do not know who their God is. Why? Because God cannot, on a personal level, talk to them. And that's a bad thing and a bad place to be. We're sharing something a few days ago with a guy who is always pasting horoscope on Facebook. And another person wrote something and said, I wonder why we Christians have to be going by horoscope. I don't know why this practice is. And I mentioned to see something from the book of Jeremiah chapter 10 verse number 2 God saying for you to watch the horoscope you are like the heathens who don't know their God because how can the elementary creator God who created the creator the elementary creator controlling the son of the creator it's an embarrassment my sheep hear my voice that's what the bible says horoscope cannot deter your life some people study this in and figure out some things I begin to say them to you and you jump for them God said, I'm tired of your religion. And all these people who are talking this even studying horoscope and determining their life, they are all Christians. What an embarrassment. I'm tired of your sacrifices. I'm tired of all those kind of stuff you are doing. No, no me. Come to experience me. That wherever you are, you know that you are with God. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? I have a very good friend of mine been battling on how to get settled in life. And he sent me an SMS two weeks ago. And he said, Pastor David, please, I believe in your ministry. Can you tell me something about this? Because I need to settle. It's eager in my heart. For two weeks, I couldn't pray. But when I was lying on the bed just about three days ago. I was just meditating. Just meditating. The Lord just gave me a picture. First of all, he gave me a picture of an animal, male and female. And then I said, what does it mean? He says, ready due to get married. And as soon as I left, I find that he has a bag. I dip my hand in the bag. There was a wristwatch that was not functioning. I put it up, wire it, pick it out of the bag and gave it to him. And the vision left. And I said, God, what does it mean? He said, it is time that he has to get married and I took the phone and I called and said brother it's your time this is your season and don't allow any distractions by all means because you will miss the moment you need to come to the place listen to me people of God God is communicating to his people don't tie your life to horoscope don't tie your life to any tradition any custom no listen to me He said, I desire mercy and not sacrifices. How many of you understand that even that which Saul did did not appeal to God? We are seeing much more interest than in sacrifices today. Our religious activities is a clear indication that we don't want to progress into know who God is. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? If you are made in the image and likeness of God It's not the shape that you carry That is image and likeness of God Do you know that? If God were to be the way we are Then I don't know the kind of God that he will be Because an Indian man is not like me The British man has a long pointed nose We don't have that Some of us have flat nose So what nose does God have? Hallelujah The image of God in you Is a characteristic of God in your life The attributes Of the spiritual input he deposited in your life when he breathed into you. That is what makes you an image. Therefore, if you are God's, you can see and hear as God's. Because you carry the connecting link, which is the spirit of God, in your spirit. Let me tell you something. I was sharing this on Wednesday with those who are in the Bible studies. He that is joined to the Lord, First Corinthians 6, 17, is one spirit. But that means, once God's spirit come and get connected to your spirit, the next thing that begins to move you is God's spirit in whatever thing you do. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Glory to God. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. I wish I can challenge somebody today to get a little bit deeper. I was sharing with someone a few weeks ago. He asked me a question. I said, "God, He doesn't say we should look for things. He said we should seek Him." He says, "Seek me, and you will find me." He says, "Seek things, and you find things." We come to church to seek for things. Why do you come to church? You want to be blessed. You are not looking for the blessing You are looking for the one that—I mean—the things that I've done to be blessed with. Am I talking to someone here? Let's be honest with our heart. Why do we go to church? Is it to know God? Is it to have God? We all go to church because of what God can do we want blessing, want a wife, want a woman want a sister, want something, whatever that is why we go to church we want to become rich, that's why we go to church we want to be, you know, deliver from the hands of witches and wizards, we are just like little babies, look for the owner of these properties if you have God as your father what else are you looking for even you who is mortal natural man, if you have children and you have works Will your children still struggle before they enter into their inheritance? By bet, you are qualified to have anything. Look for God. Look for God. Listen, we are moving to a season. And can I say this? Don't be obvious of me when it begins to happen. Because I've been seeking God. I'm not seeking man. I've been seeking God. I'm waiting for him. Don't be obvious when things begin to happen. Am I talking to someone? Because I've seen it from the Word, I've seen it from the book. I have come to a conclusion the only way to life and success is to seek God and not to seek success. There's a difference between having success and seeking success. Are you say that? You can be successful without seeking it. <laughs> Abraham became a mighty man. He wasn't seeking for mightiness. He found God and God said I will make you a father of many nations and I'll bless you above all men on the face of the earth now it was not because Abraham worked very hard that is why he became blessed just as the gentleman will tell us don't forget when you are rich the God that gives the power to get wealth the factor of wealth is a power that God can release therefore you must acknowledge him because he's the one that gives power to get wealth seek me find me, know me experience my life not your religious activities I'm not interested But he said but they like men Have transgressed the covenants. They have dead Treacherously against me The word they is from the original word Adam So as Adam failed To stay with God in obedience Even so have men Today God is still speaking to us But we still continue to fail We want to do it our own way We want to go it our own way Hallelujah. But God is calling us back. So we are talking about a practical experience of God in your life. Not theoretical. Not knowledge. Don't speak when the point of the volume of a book you have read. One want to say God. God cannot be taught. God can only be experienced. Come on now. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. That is why you have the word theology. Theology means the study of God. Well, There's nothing wrong with that. But listen to me. Jesus says something. He said, no man can know me except to whom the Father reveals him. Do you understand that? Matthew 11. Nobody can know God except the one that the Son reveals him and nobody can know Christ except God reveals the Son to that individual. God cannot be known by revelation, not by study. Your study opens you up to come into that experience of knowing him. That is why you can read the Bible times without number. And times out of time you read the same scripture. But the day God opens your eyes, what you see becomes a different thing than what you've been seen before. It's no longer a question of study. Now it's a revelation. Hallelujah. So you move from just mere theoretical knowledge to an experiential knowledge. And that's what God wants. And when you come to that dimension, it's not a question of carrying one black book or the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm not derogating the book. But that is where you become the Bible that man can read. And it's not what you say, it's how you live. Are you see that with me? We tie this book in our armpit, walk the street, and think that we are something else. No. We can still betray what we carry by the life we live and by the way we speak. Hmm? Jesus didn't say by how much volume of they carry you shall know them. He said but by their fruits. Did he say so? Yes, we know people by the fruit they bear. Not the book they carry. Don't be deceived by the books. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Okay. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, and I will look at verse 13. Knowledge of God is what is after. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, verse number 13, down to 14. My son, eat the honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to that taste. Ha uh-huh. ha! Are you done with me? How many of you have eaten honey before? Now they sell it. Why honey and natural honey and whatever honey? Hmm? Eat it. you say it is good. But you must understand what is honey. The Bible is not speaking of a natural honey. If you must understand what honey stands for in the Scripture, you go back to the book of 4 Samuel. You find the picture where Jonathan, when the father said everybody must go into fasting in the city, they were going to war. They wasn't taste anything, and Jonathan was not there, and then he was so hungry, he tasted honey. and his eyes were open. He got revelations about things that they ordinarily he never had. Only speaks of revelation knowledge, not the one you buy from the store. Hallelujah! And he's saying the way only sweet and tasty. Look at the next scene, verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto their soul when they have found it. Then there shall be a reward and the expectation shall not be cut off. Watch that. Just as only a sweet revelation is also sweet because when you come to the place of personal knowledge and revelation of the wisdom of God there is something that begins to happen to your soul and the next thing is there is going to be an expected end. It's just like listen to me. What the Bible says, the book of Jeremiah. I know the thought that I think towards you. Is that okay? Okay, not a thought of evil, but I may have what? Unexpected end. Now, the scripture is saying when you come to the true knowledge and the wisdom of God, there is an expected end. What does that mean? There is success awaiting you your tomorrow. Are you there with me? So, that honey, the knowledge of wisdom is going to increase in your soul and take it forward. How many of you understand that you can be doing one business and things that it seems to be working, and understanding can come to you by revelation and the things you begin to do that turn your business all around? In a split second, you can become who God intends you to be by just a single touch of understanding that God can blow into your spirit. He said, Get knowledge and get wisdom. Hallelujah. And there is a reward. What is the reward of knowledge and wisdom? There is an expected end. There's a fulfilled life. There's a future glory that must be revealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may take time, but I promise you and I guarantee you, if you come to have a personal knowledge of God, not not this not secondhand information because so many of you you live on secondhand information. You know what I mean by that? Anytime you have a situation you say According to that man, according to that man, according to that man. You are using men as your parameters to measure what seems to be happening to your life. It shouldn't be. You must come to a place where what God speaks to you is personal. Look at what he was telling us this morning about the headship in the household. Without to do with the family, watch this. Every family is uniquely built by God. Every local assembly is uniquely built by God. Listen to me. Some of the things you carry are directly connected to the place of fellowship that you are in. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what are we saying here? Eat honey. Take wisdom. Take knowledge. Hold it. Go for it. In fact, Solomon said in Proverbs 4, he said, Wisdom is the principal thing. He said, Get wisdom. And with all their getting, get what? Understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is the application of the knowledge, which is wisdom you have gotten. How do you apply the things you know? That's understanding. Hallelujah. That's why you can understand what Bishop has spoke to Solomon. Solomon went to the Father, and God said, after the burnt of him, he said, what do you want? And Solomon said, I just need wisdom. And he said, because he didn't ask for anything else. I'm going to add those things, but he asked for the right thing. Why do you think Solomon asked for wisdom? Because the mother was a woman of wisdom. How do I know that? He was a sister to Ahitophet. Ahitophet is like Ahitophet was an uncle to him. And Ahitophet already instructed his lady on the path of life. The way to success is wisdom. And so when Absalom, I mean held Solomon, and Solomon is saying, God said, Solomon what do you want? He could remember what the mother told him. And he simply said, I need wisdom. And he got everything that he needed to get from God. By asking for the right thing. Wisdom will deliver into your hand. The wisdom of God you carry will separate you from every other man in this earth. While they are getting things by struggle you get it with ease. Because grace will begin to accompany you there is an expected end. The only way to come to that expected end is to live in wisdom and the knowledge of God. He said, I desire mercy and no sacrifice. I'm much more interested in knowledge of God than the burnt offerings. Because you can be offering burnt offerings, which is your religious services, without the true knowledge of God. But if you know me, your services can take a new turn. It can produce Your worship can produce. Your meditation can produce. Because you know me. By the special grace of God. Those of us in this meeting. We are not frightened by what makes other people frightened. Except they have not been drinking from this well. Hallelujah. But if you are somebody who drinks from this well. You can't be intimidated where others are intimidated. Because we know our right in God. (laughs) We know why he died. We know we are bought with a price. We know it. Not because we wanted it, not because we asked for it. He sought us out and paid the price and made us to understand, David. I paid the price on your behalf. Let all your fear disappear. Because fear has torment. Is that okay? And perfect love will cast out all fears. All not some. Hallelujah. Fear of failure will be dissolved and destroyed completely from your life. When you know the God that you serve that you did not call him he called you you did not choose him he chose you come on am I talking to someone how can a man who chose you don't know exactly what you want to do with the one you have chosen God will finish good with your life there is an expected end but you just need to know him to have the wisdom the knowledge of God it's crucial amen think about it the practical wisdom of God is simply understanding what God is saying. That is just it. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me a question a few days ago. I said, Pastor, what do you think about women covering? I said, well, that is a subject of its own that we need to sit down and discuss. But just in case you want to understand, the covering of a woman is not necessarily the hair tie. It is the authority of the man. Read your Bible. Numbers chapter 11, you can pick it there, verse number 5. If you read all of that down, I mean 5, read verse 11, you're going to see the picture. The Bible talks about the, the water of jealousy. And he said if a woman is suspected to be going out, and then the man uh, bring, bring the woman to the priest. And the priest will uncover the woman. We remove the hair tie, remove the veil. At that moment, you are not under the authority of your husband. And that is why Isaac, when he saw when when, when Rebecca saw Isaac coming, what did she do? She covered her head. She am now under the authority of a man. And every man who walks under authority is a wise woman. Hallelujah. Come on, am I talking to someone here? Yeah? Let's understand. And if you walk by the order, because God is interested in order, if you walk by the order, there can't be any problem in the home. There can't be any quarreling between husband and wife. Just walk in the order that God has prescribed. There will be peace and abundant peace. Amen? So, now, am I might say a woman should not cover her hair. You look beautiful covering your hair. Because sometimes some of the stuff we see today, with this kind of stupid thing going on, people using all kind of woolen stuff and tying the hair looking like those old barbarian people. That is not the kind of hair I need to see in church. Not even at home. Dress neatly. Is that okay? Don't let fashion fool you. You are too unique to be fooled by what is called fashion. Come on! Is that okay? You are too unique. Too uniquely built. What a beauty when I look at your face, uh huh. God, wonderfully, gloriously made you. Don't let fashion fool you. But behaving like some of those people who don't know who they are. Hallelujah. Dress well; it's important. Okay, so now go down again. Are we still in in Proverbs? Okay. Uh, 23, I say, my son, is that holding... Are we still there? Okay. No, let me move down a little bit now. 24. Wait, wait, wait. Let me read this from Proverbs 24, verse 13 and 14. Let me read it from the Living Bible. My son, only wets the appetite, and so does wisdom. When you enjoy becoming wise, there is hope for you. A bright future lies ahead of you. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Do you understand this? When you enjoy becoming wise when you enjoy now there is a difference between seeking God for what but when you enjoy having fellowship with God when do you understand that you say a wise future lies ahead of you how do you enjoy becoming wise is to so see to it that the things of God impresses you more than the things of this world amen what kind of video films do you play tell me tell me what kind of things excite you more than God if we check your collections all your books, which one are more of the things of God than the things you think you want to look for around the world when you enjoy becoming wise there is hope for you it's a bright future lies ahead of you a bright one not just a future, but the one that is qualified a bright one no darkness at all a bright one for the part of the righteous is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until a perfect day, and that day, honestly, is the fullness of the day of the Lord, which we are already in, if you will. Hallelujah! I want you to understand this because it's very important. Okay, praise the Lord. Turn back a little bit, Proverbs twenty-three, verse seventeen. Proverbs 23, verse 17. I'm looking at 23, 17. Let not the heart envy sinners. Help me tell you, Nebo, this is true. Good. In case you don't want to believe it. But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long, for surely there is an end, and the expectation shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Okay, Farid from Living Bible again said, Don't envy evil men, but continue to reverence the Lord all the time. For surely you have a wonderful future ahead of you. There is hope for you yet to come. Wisdom of knowing the Lord, of staying with the Lord. I tell you, testimonies are coming into this house. Tremendous testimonies. This is our season. Because we have sought the Lord for a very long time. And our reward is yet coming. Gloriously. Enviable, glorious future lies ahead of each and every one of us. That is something that no man can take from me or you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, the other translator say, Oh, my son, be wise and stay in God's path. Don't carouse with drunkards and glutons for they are on their way to poverty. I remember that, that too much sleep clothes a man with rags. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's from Living Bible. Don't carouse with drunkards. That's what it calls sinners. Okay? Drunkards and glutons. Hallelujah. How many of you know that gluttony is service a sin? Some of you are eating. See, <laughs> we don't eat to live; we live to eat. Uh, maybe, maybe you did not understand what I mean. Did I confuse you? <laughs> Thank God, and I like that. We are not living because if we don't eat, we will die. Now we are alive, and so we can eat. So eating is just to sustain and to carry going. See let me tell you something, that is why you can fast for, if you understand the simple principle of fasting, you can fast for up to 21, 30 days without food and you still walk maybe I want to teach you how to fast I'm not talking about those things you call white fasting there's not like white fasting in the Bible if I teach you the principle of true fasting 30 days you can be fasting and you're still going to walk you won't die do you understand what I'm talking about? We don't eat to live. We live to eat. Don't make food. There's a brother, I met in South Africa. We're having a conference. And basically, I, I can't eat and go and preach. I'm not effective. This guy came, hey, Apostle David, have you taken your breakfast? I say, no. even at home, I don't eat breakfast. He said, hey, three square meal. I can't miss it, brother. I can't miss it. Three square meal. Even once it is breaking, his company is rushing for food. Is eating to live and not living to eat. All his life is centered on food. Even if he's walking, he's thinking about this meal he has not eaten. I mean, that's a serious thing. That is gluttony. Are you still there? Luke calls it so fitting, so That's what Luke calls it. Hallelujah. What am I saying? The Bible says, listen to me. My son, be wise and stay in God's path. Don't carouse. Don't have fellowship with drunkards and glutens for they are on their way to poverty. Two things that will bring you to poverty is drunkenness and, and, and what? Glutony. You receive money. You want to squander all of it one day. You go and eat You order, order, order. <laughs> you forgot that God gave you these resources for his own glory as well. Said the kingdom is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Say belly for food and food for the belly, but God shall destroy both of them. <laughs> Hallelujah! He said, You're on your way to poverty. See, success can be looking at you on the face, but you will refuse to step into it because of the way you live your life and the money that comes into your hand. And then, when you become poor, you begin to call witches and wizards and parental causes no man had been poor, I mean, be rich before in my family who told you if no man had been rich that's why we were born so that you can show that somebody can be rich in that family and there you, that is where you are now because you are no longer part of them you were born to change the course there were so many problems in Israel before Jesus was born and when Jesus came he turned the tide you are turning the tide in your home don't let gluttony and drunkenness kill you you need wisdom Hallelujah. I was, I was going through some notes of mine. Some of you don't even write notes when you come to church. Praise God for your life. But some of us will write notes. Max had taught the subject about three years ago. I was touching on marriage. And I was speaking about how to relate to your wife. And I was going through the notes just two days ago. I read my notes, in case you don't know. <laughs> I'm not too big to learn. And there's something to mention. Say, understand something. The women love clothes more than men. I say, hallelujah. <laughs> Is it true? Come on, talk to me. Is it true? They are never satisfied. Come on. I just looked at this and I said, praise the Lord. One need wisdom here. Yeah? Amen. Come on. Am I talking... Hallelujah. But you see, you can still look good. because You see, the problem with them is the cloth they use now, they can't repeat it in a month's time. No, they can't. Uh, that cloth I wore yesterday, the one I wore last week, I can't wear it again to church. Oh, Who told you if you bring it to church, you are no longer who you used to be. So, you must get another one. And another one. And another one. And God help us. You go and look for magazines and look for this tire. Now, the one that the back is completely open. Even whether you have ratchets or not. May God deliver his body. The church needs deliverance. You are looking for devils. The devil is already in your eyes. What you see and you are practicing. That is the devil. Which one are you looking for inside you that cannot be cast out with the word of God? You are clean. Those of you I have spoken to. thoroughly That's what the Bible says. But what is deceiving you is your eyes. That's why Job said, I'll make the covenant with my eyes. Not to let to look on women, not to look on clothes as well. <laughs> because, you see, one problem, have you ever gone to the street? This one we call in advertisement, window dressing. You see people who show glass. Eh? They'll dress the dummies, beautiful things. Just look at them. That one is good. The next thing you are climbing, three staircase, you are climbing up, just because you saw something in the window. You are just being deceived with your eyes. You, you may not have enough strength to climb upstairs to fellowship but you have the energy to climb three story building because you saw something up there that you must buy. And sometimes, like I said, either the back is open or, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. All the hands are falling away then you use um, some, some rubber, rubber proof or waterproof I don't know, <laughs> to package huh? God help us. I say, God help us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. gluttony And drunkenness. Fashion. Will bring us to poverty. Not because God has not chosen to bless us. God has already blessed with us with spiritual blessings. In the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. We need to bring them down. Make use of them. Are you sitting with me? Glory to God. We we'll soon be riding up on this section. And so. So like when we say there is an end What he's saying is There is an expected future For you And the future is not poverty The future is glory Is success Do you understand what I'm saying How many of you understand That when you have a child Walking in the street with rags The shame is not unto the child But onto the parents That is why you spend time to clothe your children because your appearance reflects on who you are, is that all right? Why would you imagine having God as your father and then you think you're going to be living in rags That is practically impossible. The God who created the universe. Listen to what He says: the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord. Amen. Therefore, I don't see you living below God's expectation. For he who has begun this good work in you shall also finish it. And not just that, he is going to do exceedingly above all that you ever ask or think. It means your thinking is so small compared to what God wants to do. Hallelujah. There are some things you have, you have not been able to imagine you want that God has already taught for you. And you walk into the season, this thing pops up. You didn't pray for them, but here they are before you. That is the kind of God we serve. And you shall yet see it. As you seek him. Don't forget where I'm coming from. I'm not interested in your sacrifices. I'm interested in mercy. I'm not interested in your bond offering. I'm interested in your knowledge of me. And I'm not talking of studying about him. But coming to a practical experience of who he is. Don't you forget this. Those who were called Christians had no Bible. Can I hear an amen to that? There was no book they were carrying. The apostles had no book they were carrying. They transisted, if you will, from the old and nothing else was on record. But their lies spoke for them. And people simply came and said, these are Christians. People who called them Christians called them that word because they were mocking at them that they were followers of a sect. Headed by Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying here? It was a mockery. But it was your life that spoke. May your life begin to speak. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to come to that place of understanding that God is so much in love with you. Come to that place of understanding that God is thinking so much about you. Listen. He said for Zion's sake I will not rest. Can you imagine? God broke his own Sabbath because of you. How many of you understand that? In Genesis 2, the Bible said God rested on the Sabbath. Now he broke his own Sabbath. Because he wants to get you out of the pit. And that's why Jesus had to come and say, He healed on the Sabbath. And people say, why will you do this on the Sabbath day? See, how many of you will see that? Why was he saying that? He was demonstrating that God can break his own Sabbath because of you. For Zion's sake, I will not rest. But we must come to the place where God has to have a rest. Why? because if all that he has in mind is made available to us he will have his rest hallelujah but I'm telling you once again there are glorious things ahead of you and the thing that will deliver this thing is what knowledge and mercy mercy